0: We thought food was only something that could be enjoyed. And really, there's nothing wrong with that. But here's the thing. So much of life happens in the kitchen. It's a place to gather, to laugh, to burn your meatloaf while the kids do their homework at the kitchen island. So if life is
1: happening in the kitchen,
0: that's where we want to be. It doesn't have to be so hard. We can be great dads and great cooks. This show is about us trying to figure it all out. I'm Chris. And I'm Phil. Welcome to Dad's Kitchen. This investment guru, I can't remember his name, it's not important, but he tweeted out something along the lines of, if you spend $3 a day on a cup of coffee every morning on your way to work, that translates to $60 a month, roughly, in coffee, which comes out to, I think, like $720. And then if you took that $720 every year and then you invested it for five years at 6% interest, then you would lose... Any semblance of happiness in your life? I thought that was cute.
1: (sighs) As someone who spent entirely too much at Starbucks in my 20s, I very much appreciate that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. (laughs) Twitter's the best, man. I don't know about you, but I really enjoyed Facebook and Instagram being down because, man, I I tweeted something like five times during that break, something I never do. Well, congratulations, Phil. Thanks, I'm very proud of you. Twitter's the best. How are you doing today? Per chance? Oh, oh, Phil,
1: I'm just excited to be talking to you. Oh yeah, I can tell.
0: Yeah, you look real
1: chipper. <laughs> but you know what, Phil? That that was my chipper. That was my chipper voice. How, Here how we that go. Sound? That, that was okay, better. Okay. that was better. You're engaged. Maybe we could try it just yeah. one more time. Just to that creates just such a great segue, Phil. Oh yeah. What what, what I was going to get
0: into? I'm ready Which to Which is go. knives. You got me interested. I love knives. Let's talk and about Not them.
1: necessarily the, the, the knife thing that we talked about before, because we've talked about knives. You know, like we were just talking in a hundred episodes, we've talked about a lot of things, and there are some reoccurring themes. But, you know, a few weeks back, we did kind of like a back to the basics cooking technique thing where we talked about like, you know, what some terms mean. I thought we could maybe hit some, some knife skills. Yeah, I know
0: I need them because I, I, I probably already told this story, but we got a new bread knife and it was, it was a Wusthof. I was really excited about it. Um, I, I'm kind of a Wusthof guy and you know, maybe, maybe we'll talk about that here in a bit. I don't know. I don't know, but I I opened it up. It came in the mail. I opened it up. And what was the first thing I did? Cut a tomato. No, I cut my finger oh. because I was like, oh. <laughs> well, how sharp is it? And then I, you know, it was a serrated knife. I thought, surely <laughs> it's not going to cut my finger. It, it did. And it still does because Woostoff makes a really good knife. So teach me all the things, Chris.
1: Well, actually, Phil, that's, that is something that is pretty important to, you know, proper knife skills, knife techniques. And ultimately, oddly enough, Phil, knife safety in the kitchen, even though... You cut yourself on your knife. A sharp knife is a safe knife. That's true. Yeah. Unless you like intentionally try to cut yourself, like which is what it sounds like you did.
0: Yeah, that was very much intentional. Which is funny so, because as a dad,
1: yeah. I just like had
0: this whole conversation with my seven-year-old today on like understanding the differences between right and wrong. You know, like the most obvious of circumstances would be, did you do something on purpose or did you do it you know as an accident was this intentional was it malicious or did it just happen and you know as a dad i'm 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 really trying to not get angry at accidents because yeah. accidents happen you know if she spills paint all over the carpet and it was an accident that's not really her fault gallons of paint are very heavy and she's only yeah. 7 and maybe i shouldn't have given her the paint without the lid to begin with so yeah Right and wrong. So so where were so, we?
1: <laughs> no, I was just gonna ask if that was a uh a, a made up example or was that the the cause of your conversation with her earlier today?
0: <laughs> there may or may not have been paint absorbed in the carpet. You need,
1: uh, do you need uh some good suggestions for new rugs?
0: I think I need a suggestion
1: for a new conscience because seriously, what was I
0: thinking? Come on.
1: So yes, knives, Phil. Again, a perfect segue. Uh, you know, in one of our very, very, very early episodes, it might have even been our second episode or third episode. We talked about, you know, the fact that you might not need as many knives as you think that you do, especially with this idea that it's easy to be overwhelmed when you're first diving into stuff in the kitchen, when you're first diving into cooking. And there's this idea that there are these all of these complex techniques, all of these all of these different unique tools that you have to know the specific one to use at the specific time. So in our knife episode, we you know just really pared it down to three knives. Oddly enough, the paring knife, the chef's knife, and a serrated knife. But that's not what this episode is about, Phil. I, I wanted to kind of like our, our cooking techniques, dive into some knife techniques, knife, knife skills, maybe kind of, sort of, but knife techniques.
0: Uh, so are we talking like... How to hold the knife, maybe?
1: I think I think how to grip the knife is the perfect place to get started. And I know, again, as many things, we've mentioned this before, but just kind of in terms of compiling all this information into one place, Phil, how do you hold your knife?
0: Well, I can tell you how I used to hold my knife. I used to just grab the Death handle, the stock, yeah. the grip. I used to wrap all yes. of my fingers around it, and that's how I would hold it. But you know what would happen, Chris? It, it, it would often tilt to the right, tilt to the yeah. left.
1: It left a lot of room for, so for gra- Yeah. So you're grabbing it as like, almost like you were making a fist around the handle of the knife. Yeah, that is correct. And then
0: I went to a cooking class and my life got flipped, turned upside down. And I was really grateful for that because that's when I learned that actually gripping the blade itself
1: is a really great way to maintain control
0: of your knife. Yeah.
1: No, I think so. Uh, that's definitely how, from what I have seen and heard, professional chefs, because I am not one, tend to grip their knives. kind of not not quite a, a pinching between your fingertips, but your thumb, kind of like your thumb and the knuckle of your index finger. Yeah. You're just like grabbing that, that blade there. And that was beautiful. And like you said, yeah. it, it gives imagery. you a lot more control. It you does. It gives you a lot more control of the knife. Yeah. It just
0: like prevents so, the knife
1: from slipping or sliding or... You know, cutting your finger off. Yeah, and and by doing that, you're you're moving your hand up the handle of the knife, kind of onto uh, the the blade itself. And so there's, I mean, if you're thinking of it as a lever, there's there's kind of like less less wiggle room in a way with with the knife, and you can be a lot more precise. It's kind of like choking up on a baseball bat. It's a hundred percent like choking up on a baseball bat. Yeah, 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 great. Perfect, perfect, perfect analogy there, Phil. So your second hand, the control the the helping hand, Phil. Not the not necessarily the control hand on the knife, but the helping hand. Stranger in what do the you tub hand. With that? <clears throat> <laughs>
0: okay, so are we talking like if I'm if I'm dicing maybe? Would that be sure, if
1: you're if you're cutting something is what we're talking
0: about. <laughs> okay. So I, I think what I do is I'll bring my knuckle. This is really hard to describe over audio, maybe we'll do an Instagram reel on how that to do this. That sounds like a great idea. Yeah. I'll kind of use the knuckles on my other hand to kind of be like a, a, guide, like a guide, a backstop. Yeah. Since we're on the baseball analogy, it's like a backstop. And yes. I'm slicing against that, which again, probably not a very good visual
1: yeah. without the yeah. visual. Exactly. But I, I think you're you're onto something there, Phil. So it's it's kind of referred to as like the claw. Uh, oftentimes it's, it's like your, your index, middle and ring finger, the, you, you kind of are holding the, the thing that you're cutting with those three things forming a line out front. And you want to make sure that your fingertips are tucked in under like the middle part of your, your finger. And then you're, you are literally just using that as like a guide for your knife. So you can, you can't even rest the knife as you're, as you're chopping, slicing, mincing, dicing whatever you're doing uh, along your fingers. And once you kind of get over the the idea that you might cut yourself because you're not going to, if you keep your fingertips tucked back, it becomes really, really easy and efficient to cut things, to cut things that way. The one thing that you have to make sure of is that you don't let your thumb slip out ahead of your Mm. other fingers because it might not be ahead of the other fingers after that.
0: And also a really good rule because you cut it off. Since the thumb's already gone, is to keep your eyes open or to like continue you know. <laughs> that's that is that is a great tip, Phil. I don't know about you thank but you know thank you for I'll, that. I'll be I'll be looking at my kids in the
1: living room being like, Hey Hey guys, can you f-
0: Oh no. Oh god no.
1: Yeah, that will happen. So, we've got the proper grip on our knives. It's not a fist. We've got our uh, helping hand claw and it's not we're asleep. keeping our eyes open. So, kind of after all of that, you start to get into recipes that call for different types of cuts on your ingredients, Phil.
0: Oh yeah, like you you just covered some of these terms and they they all definitely
1: can mean different things they can but you know i think it's one of those things that like like i mentioned before you know in in terms of the hurdles that i found in this journey towards cooking more i would overcomplicate things in my mind and think that if i didn't do it exactly perfectly then somehow i was screwing everything up and it wouldn't taste good with a lot of these you know it's, there's a lot of leeway It's not like your family is going to pull out a ruler and say that uh, this is great because it's a perfect three-quarter inch chop. Yeah, I I agree with you.
0: You know, I think like, you know, the first example that comes to mind, if a recipe calls for you to mince garlic, okay, mincing, very finely chopped garlic, you know what I'll often do, Chris? I'll, I'll peel the garlic and then I'll just like smack it. With the palm of my hand and then i'll just throw that whole thing in the dish and then it's going to cook and you're going to get the flavor the whole thing's going to taste like garlic great but then somebody's going to get that whole clove of garlic as like a little easter egg no and they're going to love it because once it's cooked it doesn't taste like vampires it's it's delicious it's 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 an
1: easter egg okay and it still accomplishes the same thing yeah so you brought up mincing and then kind of in the same category we have dicing and chopping and yeah, they're all kind of, in a way, the same basic cut, I guess. If we're simplifying things down, they're all the same basic cut, but just different sizes. Where, where typically a chop is going to be larger. And you might you might say like a large chop or a medium chop. Uh, it's going to be bigger than a dice. And dice might be the most specific of these terms. And honestly, if it really, really, really matters, the author of... The recipe should be telling you a size that you're supposed to dice this to, so like a, a half inch dice or whatever. But most of the time, it doesn't fill. So chop. Like I, I think like a good easy rule of thumb is chop is big, dice is medium, and mince is very small. And that you're just like sense. cutting it into like little squares. So you know one of the things that we we have actually talked about before is this idea of of prepping our ingredients in a way so that it is easy to cut. Oftentimes like if say you have say you have something that's browned, like a meatball. Meatball. And we're gonna take that meatball (sighs) and we're going to dice it. You know, if you just try and start like (laughs) trying to think of an example, you would finally chop a meatball. I'm just going with it, Phil. So you're trying to cut this meatball, it's gonna roll around on you. Usually it's easiest to cut it in half first. So you take that meatball, you cut it in half, and then you lay that flat part on your cutting board, and it's not gonna roll because flat things don't roll, Phil. But round things do. Yeah, science. Tricking another lesson for your seven-year-old. She, <laughs> I'm sure she already knows this. Uh, and then you can start your, your your dicing, which you know you're just cutting into like
0: medium-sized cubes. Maybe a baseball would have been a better analogy since we kind of covered that already, for continuity's sure.
1: sake. Sure. Well, maybe we can slice your baseball, Phil.
0: I've always wanted to know what's inside.
1: Yeah. And so slicing is kind of another one of those things that you're going to see often. And oftentimes, think think about like a slice of tomato on a hamburger. Yummy. beef Th- steak. That's what you're going for. Uh, just some, some sort of nice heirloom tomato. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Preferably one with many colors because then it looks fancy. But really, like, you know, you're going to be using those same techniques, even though you're still cutting something that's round, it might be wobbling a little bit. You you hold that tomato with your helping hand, Phil, and you take that serrated knife that we have talked about many times to cut your tomato. So Or we're cutting the baseball, I don't remember. But, like, a slice is, you know, what you think of as a slice. You're going to cut thin slices. off. It. yeah. You're slicing it. So our definition of slicing is to to slice it, which brings us to maybe a couple of our other fancier cuts. We're not gonna go. We're not gonna go too fancy with this, Phil. But uh, to julienne.
0: Oh, that's pretty fancy.
1: Yeah, it's kind of. Fancy. What does that mean? And I'm only I'm only bringing up Julianne cuts so that we can get to another cut, which is actually kind of I think helpful. But uh, yeah. So Phil, if you were to describe a Julianne cut,
0: then I would have absolutely nothing to say because I don't know what that is. I've heard of it.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. So, I'm yeah, not it's, helpful at all. I think of, it's kind of like a matchstick cut. That's like a little bit more of a descriptive word. But I, I tend to think of it as maybe sometimes even bigger. You're cutting into like strips. So oftentimes if you're julienning something, it's going to be a vegetable like, say, a carrot or a something else. That's,
0: That's how they cut their long. pepperoni on the pizzas that we had in Australia. Do you remember that?
1: Vaguely. Yeah, it was weird, man. Super weird. Yeah. But this is another one of those that does benefit from that same technique of, you know, thinking about how you can handle this ingredient in a manageable way. Because if you're taking a carrot and you're trying to cut it into like little matchsticks, it's going to roll all over the place if you're like trying to slice it. So yeah, sure. cut it in half. Use the flat part to your advantage.
0: That's yep. brilliant. What's the other... You yep. said that was like a...
1: A precursor to a bigger, better, faster, stronger way? Maybe. No, uh, it's kind of honestly just like a more specialized cut that you might run into. And it sounds super, super fancy, but it's actually really easy. And honestly, it's the easiest way to cut some of these things that you would cut this way, if that makes any sense. But the chiffonade.
0: Oh, yeah, the chiffonade. What's that?
1: Okay, so a chiffonade cut is something that you're really only going to use on like leafy vegetables or herbs. And it's like, it's, it's a, it's a cut that leaves you with these kind of thin strands of that herb or herb vegetable. So really what you're doing. And I, honestly, I think, I think it's best for things like say basil. Say you're going to put basil on top of your pizza. A chiffonade cut is absolutely perfect for that so you're going to take your basil leaves and you're going to roll them up almost like a, a cigar in a way hmm. and then you're going to take that and with your again with your stranger claw helping hand you're going to hold your cigar of basil in a way that you're not going to cut your fingers off and would you, would you, you hold of, it
0: the way you would hold a cigar no like then you'll hold probably, it probably to your mouth to then you'll probably cut your fingers cut off against maybe the, your okay. tongue as well yeah yeah
1: no, you're gonna. You're probably gonna want to use a uh, cutting board for this, Phil. That's probably. probably wise. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I guess you could probably use scissors. Hmm. Anyway, yeah, you, you have it on a cutting board, and you uh, have this like cylinder of basil, and you're really just slicing it. So you're slicing it as if, say, you're like cutting a, a baby carrot into like little rounds and into because it's, carrots. Sure. Yeah. Pretend that's yes. Yes. And because it's this leafy thing all rolled up, when it unravels, you get these like nice little strands. That sounds of cool. Basil. And then you can sprinkle that on top of your pizza and you don't have to worry about like biting into a whole entire leaf of basil. Which wouldn't be it's, the worst. It's thing, a nice but... fancy cut. Yeah, yeah. It's not. But it's a nice it's a nice cut that can really elevate an ingredient that you're using. Yeah. That sounds great. Hey, one quick thought since we were talking about meatballs earlier.
0: We made some meatballs the other day, and it called for a very finely diced onion, right? Because onions are good, and they go well in meatballs. And I kept making them, and I guess I wasn't making the onions small enough because they were too large to have, you know, too too large for the meatball to kind of bind together. Like the like the onion yeah. pieces were too large, so then they'd fall apart. Do you know what my wife did? She walks into the kitchen in all her infinite wisdom. She is a sage, and she says to me. Why don't you just grate the onions? And the look you're giving me is similar to the look that I gave her. It was like my mind blew. So I grated the onions into like a, almost like a paste in a way. And then I worked that into the meatballs and it was
1: perfect. I guess you could also cut
0: them smaller. Well, because we don't, we don't want this episode to backfire on
1: us. I don't want to circumvent (sighs) your episode or anything. You can grate away. I'd probably just cut mine smaller. That's okay. Yeah. So Phil, I think... One of one of the basic ideas here is that again, oh, well, you just freaking ruined that idea. Never <laughs> mind. Phil, I was going to say that one of the core ideas here is if you don't cut something correctly, you're probably not going to totally mess up your meal, but uh somehow you've managed to do that.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry. I always had good <laughs> intentions with this show
1: but maybe those good intentions Phil could be in directed towards uh, maybe showing these uh, funky little stranger hand helping thing grip claw i look forward to sharing and, and showing a proper proper grip of a knife on mm. our say instagram yeah do we have an Insta- we do
0: have an instagram and our handle is that what the kids are calling it these days our tag i don't even know what it is what's a hashtag at dads kitchen co that's it that's where you find it that's where you'll find all the answers don't be a stranger. Yeah, come say hello, and we'll probably not block you, but no promises.